Uh, hello, test one, two. Okay, here we are in my backyard. Yeah. You can hear birds, and if we're pretty quiet, they should come to the feeder while we're sitting here. Awesome. Welcome to the Stolen Hours Podcast. Conversations with known or unknown creatives across the arts. Guests share what they create and the backstories that have made them who they are today. Listen in to help support the community of creators and to find some inspiration of your own. The following is episode 22. The Inspired by Nature artist and musician Laura Birdsong. All right, thanks again for listening to another episode. Follow along on Instagram at the Stolen Hours Podcast and on our stolenhourspodcast.com. Definitely uh, drop an email to at deliliodart at gmail.com. So it's delilio, D-A-L-E-L-I-O-D-A-R-T at gmail.com. One day we'll get a Stolen Hours email. <laughs> but that's it for now. That's my artist email. So drop me a line. Enjoy and enjoy and enjoy. Thanks for listening. All right, today I welcome Laura Birdsong to the Stolen Hours. Laura is a singer-songwriter, painter, and photographer. Her lyrics and her images come from the heart. She has lived on the East Coast all her life and now makes her home in the mountains of Highland Lakes, New Jersey. Her music found on her Crazy Wisdom album and seen live occasionally throughout New Jersey is a combination of blues and Americana traditions with dynamics ranging from a full rock and band to unplugged. Laura studied painting fine arts at the American University in Washington, D.C. and earned a Bachelor's of Fine Arts. She continued her education pursuing non-degree graduate work at Massachusetts College of Art in Boston, the Art Students League in New York, and the School of Visual Arts in New York. She's another member of our Highland Lakes artist group and has been essential in helping us maintain a thriving artist community and just excited to share um, the life and art of Laura Birdsong. Okay, this is a recording we did on a beautiful day in spring. And uh, excited to share it with you right from her life in Highland Lakes, right here in her backyard. We did a recording on location. Enjoy the birds chirping in the background. All right. Hello. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good today. Such a great, beautiful day. Yeah, so here we are in the, in the prime of springtime, beautiful day. We're doing an in-person interview here at, in Laura's, uh, Laura Birdsong's backyard, Catbird Lake, as she fondly calls it. Yes, um, it's stuck. <laughs> I'm not sure who started, if it was one of my friends or if it was me, but I did write a song um, called Water, Wind, and Touch, which referred to a place called Catbird Lake. Nice. And it was way before I moved here, and when I got here, it sort of became, it sort of manifested. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful, and um, it makes me believe that life can imitate art, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you imagine this kind of vision 
you have a song you're writing and then one day you feel like you've arrived just because here, <laughs> here you are. It's <laughs> your, your home that you're unifying with this beautiful backyard and this lovely uh, this wetland here. It's yeah. kind of a gorgeous space. Totally wetland. There's so many birds. As we can hear right now, they're not very active. I don't know why, but they will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So yeah, today I uh, decided to do an on-location recording just because of how important your space is to you um, as part of your existence as a creative person, as an artist. And so I know this, uh, your home and your backyard, your garden, as you're starting to plant seeds and get everything ready for the season is part of your existence as a creative person. So let's Absolutely. talk about that first. Yeah, let's, what, do, what do you do? What do you love about your nature and your garden and your yard here? That it's here. I mean, that it exists, that, and it will exist, and um, that I can find myself grounded to the earth. And uh, it's a form of beauty that gets to me, and uh, I feel happy. And I didn't know about it when I was a young kid. I, my first apartment was like in, in a city and then we moved to the suburbs but we didn't have anything more than maybe some portulaca in a um in a gar in a box in the front but yeah. then one year it was i was still in high school my brother and i planted a garden in the backyard and it was fascinating yeah. and we grew tomatoes and a couple other things and it was wow you can do that we can make your own food yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's just every place i've moved since then I've tried to do a little, and here I've been able to do the most ever, so That's it's great. Where was that first garden? What, where were you living in? Glenrock, New Jersey. Okay, nice. The suburbs. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and so you originally grew up in the city, though? No, no. Uh, when I was a baby, I lived in Hackensack, okay. which is a city, and yeah. then I lived there much later, too, and I had a beautiful garden in my house in yeah. Hackensack, actually. Nice. My yeah, house in Hackensack, Hack, 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 which yes. is what we got for our money at that time. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I, I tried. I've been doing it. It's just such a thing that the house doesn't get clean in the summer usually yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I'm out here all the time. That's great. So when did you move here to Highland Lakes? It's been years? 12 years. It might be the 13th year this year. Um, my house anniversary is on June 1st. Okay. Yeah, um, so that's great. Yeah. Nice. Well, happy house anniversary. Yeah, it's coming up. So um, I know that right around that time, it was probably shortly after that, maybe a couple of years, you, you put out your album. Um, it was within crazy. that first year. Okay. Crazy Wisdom, yes. Crazy Wisdom. So was that kind of inspired by being grounded here? And you're like, oh, I got to do this now. Uh, I think we were actually thinking of it before. I had a few things happen that got in the way. Yeah. I had breast cancer. I'm a survivor of oh, wow. 13-year survivor now. And yeah, it was the year yeah. um, made the album before, I believe. Within all within that time. Okay, so that was and a crazy time. It was a life. crazy time in my life, and I had just been divorced and yeah. uh, getting involved with these new musicians that I'd met, and um, who a lot of them on the album. One of them actually lives in Highland Lakes. Yes. Well, two of them, Bruno, lives in Highland Lakes too, <laughs> right here. Yes. But. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a big change time, and I'm a survivor, and it's good. Yeah, so was that um, surviving breast cancer part of the desire to put out the album, or was it just all kind of happening? Well, it was happening before that, Okay. and yeah. then that sort of put a damper in it. And, um, I mean, one of my 
musicians saying, you know, this is like a legacy for you, but I yeah. thought it was too still too young for it to be a legacy. Sure, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dead. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm we not keep, planning I, on it. That word keeps coming up, and I think you know it's interesting. That word comes up in conversations with young artists and with older artists. Legacy. I, I, yeah, legacy. And uh -huh. I, I feel, I feel like bad sometimes when I bring it up with older people, as if it's like almost over. <laughs> no, it's not almost over. We got so much life to live. Really? Um, um, but I always think about legacy and uh, just, you know, with my own children and then in teaching life and then even as an artist, it's like what, what you leave behind. So on some level, that desire for legacy, I think, is a universal artist's mentality. Right. Not so much about age, but about uh -huh. what I make and what I get out. And, right. And, and outside of myself, I put something in the world that's new, that's not me. That is something that's new for people to, and it might in. be discovered by other people yeah. in the future. Even though it wasn't a huge hit or anything in my lifetime, sure, you know, sure. you never know. Yeah, well, that's it. And even like, yeah, I mean, even just for your own, your own, you have a daughter, right? Yes. And so even for her, you know, to to just, yeah, you know, this is what my mom did. How cool is this, you know? And, mm -hmm. and even as, uh, you know, even even now. Um, yeah, just feeling like you accomplished something. So was an album always something you desired? I know you've been making music for a long time. Was that something you always wanted to do? No, it really wasn't. You know, in fact, I was hoping to sell my songs to other artists. Sure. You know, I wanted to just be a songwriter. I never moved to Nashville to really try it, but um, <laughs> I really wanted to do things for other people, but people were saying, nobody does it better than you. You know, nobody knows it better than you. And, and a lot of the songwriters that are way top on my list maybe don't have the best voice or whatever in the world but they tell their stories better than anybody else sure, can I mean let's say Lucinda Williams Bob Dylan um, uh, Leonard Cohen yes. I mean these are Neil Young yeah. um, some of the best songwriters out there yeah. just do their thing and it's raw and it's wonderful and it's yeah, whatever and they're, it they're is. Yeah, universal. Like we're, we're generations apart, but yeah. I, I love all those musicians as well. That's <laughs> you know, good. I just know my brother's Neil Young box set. You know, at that point, it's already a box set when we're growing up. Uh -huh. But I'm <laughs> listening to Neil Young and just like, wow, what is this? You know, and and even Bob Dylan, listen to Williams, you know, more recently. You know, mm -hmm. car, car Wheels on a Gravel Road, you can't that, go wrong. That is one of the best <laughs> albums ever. Yeah. So for you as a musician, those are, those are your heroes. I, so you're definitely a singer-songwriter, and you're telling stories, mm -hmm. kind of that folk tradition with some... I know you range, though, like you might be folky to like a full-on rock band. Yeah, it could, could be rocking out. And now, did you, um, in terms of your music life, when did you start that in your... Oh, in well, your... I, I was pretty young when I got my first guitar and um, was... I mean, my father used to bring home... Peter Paul and Mary Records, and we yeah. used to watch Hoot Nanny in the house. Okay. So that was kind of cool. And um, yeah, that's what got me going. And then the folk revival started happening with, you know, Woody's children, Woody Guthrie's children, like yeah. Arlo Guthrie came out and, uh, with his Alice's Restaurant, which was a big thing for me. And, yes. um, and then Joni Mitchell was amazing. And you know, of course, Judy Collins and Joan Baez. And, yeah. Um, and then the blues guys and, sure. um, yeah, 
I was I just loved it. I loved acoustic music. I loved real natural music yeah. and things from England that were really kind of strange, like the Incredible String Band. I just loved them. Okay. Are you familiar with them? No, Anybody no. in your <laughs> no? Okay. My ears are perking up. There's something new for me. All right. Yeah, because there's a a song that they do called Ducks on a Pond, and a lot of times I just look outside there, and the ducks are out. They're not there right now, nice. but I just hear that song. That's great. And. Um, yeah, I grew up with music. Definitely grew up with music. Yeah. Now, did your father play music or anything? No, he just played records. Just loved the music. Yeah, he loved music. And um, are you self-taught guitar? Mostly. Yeah. Um, after a bunch of self-taught stuff and people showing me chords, I took a, a few months of classical lessons, so I know some of the basses. Yeah. But um, not enough to play a piece or anything yeah, anymore. I had a few pieces once, but they're not in my head anymore. Sure, I but you think. do finger pick. And I do like finger part pick, of your guitar yeah. Style. Uh-huh. Nice. And so your album called Crazy Wisdom. Right. Um, talk a little bit about the content of the album and the album name. Well, Crazy Wisdom is a concept that's sort of the opposite of conventional wisdom. Yeah. And it's, it's in some religions. I learned about it by reading this short story by... Um, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Tom Robbins. Okay. okay, is called Ducks Flying Backwards. That was the collection of short stories, and and it was a whole article on crazy wisdom that just sort of hit me and like this is yes, this is what the way I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went home and wrote the title song after read after reading that short story. Yeah, and um, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> it, it was, it's like, because I don't think of myself as a conventional type of pe person. Sure, and sure. So, uh, and some of my friends come to me for my crazy wisdom. They yeah. say, you know, Laura, you always know what to say. You yeah. Know? Well, it's interesting. I know that you, you do have some traditional, just, you know, traditions that you keep. Like, I know you hold Shabbat, you know, you... You, you cook your, your your kosher breads and things like that, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I do that now because I was introduced to a, um, a congregation through a friend called Central Synagogue in New York, okay. which um, is the most open place you can imagine. They have beautiful music there, which was not included in any of the religious services I had grown up in. Sure. You know, there were just people chanting and sounding terrible and whatever. <laughs> we have some of the best rabbis and cantors, and they're so smart, and most of them are young, and it's so inclusive. Yeah. The rabbi, the head rabbi, is um, a Korean female, okay. or half Korean, and she's just wonderful, and, and it's... Uh, it's just completely inclusive. Sure, um, yeah. So. Gay and straight people, lots of people will come there and convert to uh, Judaism because of the inclusive and the peacefulness of it. And, you know, knowing going to the basis of trying to do good things because you're Jewish, that's sort yeah, of, yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have wrong impressions of sure. what it is. And, yeah. and uh, there are a lot of sects and there are a lot of things that people might not like about it, but when it comes down to it, it's all about love. And sure. Yeah, I know I, you, you quoted that uh, one day to me about, uh, yeah, love others as you would have. Yeah, the golden rule, basically. Golden, yeah, and aren't you wish to be loved. Aren't um, all religions really based upon sure, that? Sure. They should be if they're not, you know. So, so in, in your crazy wisdom is some foundational kind of truths, and then, but it's also like, 
you know, I want to throw a party in my backyard and invite the whole world, and, and that's not maybe, you know, what people should do, <laughs> because it's going to could get out of hand, but I know that you... They don't get out of hand. Before, before COVID times, you would be hosting your yearly uh, uh-huh. shindigs, and I, which is all music and uh-huh. food and just people celebrating life, and that's kind right. of a beautiful thing. I look forward to seeing yeah. happen again. Yeah, if, if we can do it this year, I mean, the president said by July 4th we should be able to have gatherings yeah. like that and um so yeah it would be nice if i could have another house anniversary. a lot of the house of parties have been house anniversaries, uh, like, yeah. which are june 1st but the latest it'll be my birthday which is september okay awesome so um and and with this also yeah just the, the creative experience that's community i know that's part of your world and this community here in on lakes and being even part of this artist group together we've had some good runs and experiences and I know that's you have an extended community of your musician friends and um, just family and friends yeah, your whole life yes. and I know that's important to you mm-hmm. um, let's talk about your art community a little bit though I know you're so you're a musician and you have that whole world and you've 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 double dipped or we had an art show where you performed your music right your that's true that was fun and uh, that, oh, in Newton on Spring Street right um, one of my friends said she wants me to do a show that doesn't only have paintings and music, but photographs too. Sure. So I'm always photographing things, yeah, so but you, you know, you but I don't print them out. I just sure. you know, put them on, on the web or on my computer or yeah, whatever sure, or on sure. my phone. Yeah. Um, and then your paintings. And then I'll have to bake something too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I, I love uh-huh. our yearly eclectic evening thing we were doing uh-huh. every April always. It was about original food, original music, original mm-hmm. artwork, and original performance. So mm-hmm. people would perform poetry or whatever. And I, that was such a fun thing that we will revive someday. Soon. Oh, I sure <laughs> hope so. We will, we will. And, and so you've always fit kind of all those roles and even been essential to, like, helping us get the sound together for our open mics for those uh, eclectic evening of the arts. Well, and, uh, I'd have to... Uh, give Brew the... Yeah, uh, Brew helped us out too. Yeah, because I don't do that. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's my music guy, go-to guy. Yeah. So well, that's great. So let's talk about your painting life, though. Let's, uh, how did you get into painting? How did that start for you? Well, um, one day I was in school and I was sketching. I was probably in junior high or younger, and I realized I could make something look like somebody. Yeah. You know, this, you could tell who this is. Look at this. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. And that was like, ding, 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 went off in my head yeah. that I could do something like that. I could cr- capture a likeness, and that was a very cool thing. So um, I always liked my art classes. I mean, I started out, I mean, I remember coloring in kindergarten. I remember the first thing I drew, and it was so bizarre. And if anybody had really thought about it, they probably put, would have put me in therapy immediately. Because it was like a design with these um, different shapes. But one of them just sort of looked like a skull. Uh. And so I called it, it's a skeleton in a snowstorm. (laughs) And I remember that was the first thing I brought home for my first day of kindergarten, a skeleton in a snowstorm Uh in crayon on that kind of off-white paper they used to give It's amazing you remember it. No, I I do. That's great. Wish I had it. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. Uh Recreate it. Just try to do exactly what what you remember it to be. (laughs) Make Make it a very thick War, uh, oil painting yeah, or something yeah, yeah. make it totally different just give it the same name that's great 
That's awesome. So for you, oil, oils is your medium of choice. It's my favorite. I, I went back to acrylics for a couple things, small things, and it is nice that it dries so fast. And I can paint it either, and I can do a little bit of watercolor too. Um, okay. More of a drawing type watercolor than, um, you know, doing really details. But um, So for either your it. music or your art life, have you, did you go to college for it? Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, in college, I was a fine arts painting major at American University. I earned a BFA, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Yes. And uh, then I found myself. Now what do I do? Sure. I wanted to go to graduate school, but, you know, the, the funds are drying up now, they said. Yeah. You know, you got to go get yourself a job. Sure. And, you know, I had a few stupid jobs. And I... I they the, the job in the field sort of was I worked at an art art and architectural supply store okay. for a long time called Charette. Um, they were up in Massachusetts, and I worked in probably all of their locations there. And then I came to Manhattan where they had a location, and I worked there for a while. Nice. And um, that was a fun time in my life, but I really wasn't making art. I was just selling supplies. I mean, I, mean, I did make a little art here and yeah. there on my own. But it, that was a good time. Sure. And How long did you do that for? Oh, altogether, it was over five, maybe eight years. I don't know. It was a while. I can't remember what year I started. Sure. But then I switched over because I wanted to make more money. I wasn't really making enough money. And I got switched over to the uh, production end of art. Um, one of our people who was a... Uh, who's a customer, got me a job at Ziff Davis Publishing. And that was okay. And it was that, but then I had my daughter yeah. and then I didn't want to go back to that job. Sure. And then I started to go to college for a master's in education, but it didn't, didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. Sure, sure. I really wish I had stuck with that, but I had, I went through a divorce that just made everything yeah, tumultuous, and so I had to get another job eventually. And everything turned out, I guess. But I be <laughs> ended up becoming a paralegal uh, yeah. um, because my friend said, "You know, use the other side of your brain, Laura. You're smart. You know, you could you could make some lawyer very happy. You know." But and I did for a while, yeah. and I did. A few of them, and, and then I burnt out. Sure. <laughs> How long do you think you did that job for? That was probably 10, 11, 12 years. So it's probably yeah. your longest. Yeah, as a, but they were different law firms, though. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it was it was okay. That was your day job life. During that time, were you making art, or was it kind of just taking hardly, care of everything? Hardly. Playing music more then, though. Yeah. Um, and when I don't play music is when I'm more making art. And that someone told me that's cool, Laura. That's what Joni Mitchell did. You <laughs> sure, know, when sure. she wasn't making music, she was making art. Yeah. So um, fine, I can. I'm not even in that class, but um, she is sort of a goddess, <laughs> <laughs> still alive and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. She's um, a very talented person. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that as a creative, you can choose 
you know, whatever the season of life it is, it's like, all right, right now it's music making time. Right now it's garden making time, um, food right making now. time, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, or it's time to paint. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm inspired. And as you say, um, it's pretty integrated so that the backyard, the, the gardening life ends up being the content of painting sometimes. Yes. And uh-huh. even the songs. Yes. That's kind of a nice Yeah, I like nice that. Thing. It's my Catbird Lake, my... <laughs> place yeah so there's nothing that's wasted it's all important i think that's true that's great i think that's true recycle reuse <laughs> yes and and it's integrated into like it's almost like the things that surround you and you create is, is you it's it's your personality coming out and finding its face into things other people can see and be tangible and even purchase yeah i know you sold a lot of work here and there and <laughs> uh, i've sold a little bit of work uh, here and there i wish lot. it was a lot <laughs> Uh, more than, more than Vincent did in his lifetime. Sure. I just watched the movie on him that um, that what Schnabel directed. Oh, yeah, Have yeah. you seen it? Is this the is it the animated one? That's like every no, scene. No, no, no. It's not animated at all. Okay. It's it's with. Oh, I can't remember. Um, That's right. Yeah. It's but it was really movie. good. It's it's on it's on. You can stream it now. I don't remember which platform. I think I have sure. them all right now. I thought. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, but I also thought it was a little heavy-handed with the direction. Sure. Julian yeah. Schnabel. He, he can't help himself. He's I a, guess he's he a can. painter. He's a, <laughs> he likes to break plates. Um, sure. Do you remember his early work? Oh, uh, no, I don't. I oh, I remember when he plates. first came out, it was plates and different different uh, pottery on big, thick, you know, okay. big, thick paint. And that was the big thing, and that's how he was introduced to the art world sure. in, back in the early well, the '80s, I guess it with, was. With plates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Um. I I think I mean I love that you know he, he does have such a, a voice in in the world of you know, production movies and some of the stuff. I mean, it's always beautiful the visuals, uh-huh. and that's the key yeah. for me often. Um, right. For sure, he's, he's a personality that cannot get out of his own way, <laughs> which is a lot of us as artists. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but but it's, it's awesome that he gets to do that for his life work. I'm glad I got to see that, because um, I do love Van Gogh's work. Yeah. I mean, I just love it. Sure, would you say you have other heroes in the art world? Absolutely. I'm still... Matisse is still my favorite, and I think he was really underrated in his lifetime because Picasso got all the attention. Sure. And um, because Picasso was so much larger than life in every way, but Matisse was doing some really amazing things. Absolutely, that's great. And um, Cezanne, of course. Um, Everybody in the impressionistic and post-impressionistic. Period, pretty much. Sure, and you have your your painterly quality has some of that built into it. I sure. think so. Yeah, I mean, and it's it, yeah. There's a little bit of illustrative quality in your work, but definitely it's more about atmosphere and and uh, really the beauty to the the scene or the the creation, um, the content, just kind of the the meaningfulness of the content expressed through how you paint it. That's definitely how I see it. Thank you. I keep thinking of your Leonard Cohen painting. So that's kind of again your integration <laughs> of music into your painting life. Yeah, that was that was uh, part of my mourning when he he passed away. It was that my whole life sort of went kind of cuckoo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean just because it was the same time that 
the elect the regime changed and I don't want to talk politics sure. but it was strange for me and um, yeah it seemed like a lot of things were going bad for a while but I'm feeling a lot better now and um, yeah yeah, yeah I, I love that because I based it on a painting that was inside and there was an in interior and I couldn't really see what his legs were doing but he was sitting on a hassock or kneeling on the floor I couldn't tell but I put him out I ended up making it like a, a surrealistic um, landscape an imaginary landscape sure, yeah, yeah. and it works I think absolutely and it definitely has the essence of Leonard Cohen it uh -huh. feels like it's definitely him in terms uh -huh. of like content we can recognize him but also has a yeah there's a I mean I, I how do I phrase this besides like there's a folkiness there's a, there's a storytelling nature to the way it's painted it just feels like there's um, I guess a uh, legacy built into like how you portrayed him as well as uh, just like the details of his face like you know the history of his life seeming, mm -hmm. like, built into it which is kind of an awesome thing how yeah. to express that in paint He's, he was so, he showed so much gratitude to his audiences. He, that's something I learned from him or I'm trying to learn from him and keep with me to, to have this sense of gratitude. Yeah. And his last series of concerts, when I saw him when he was you know, quite an old man, he kept, his knees were still good because he kept getting down on his knees to thank people or to, to yeah. sort of talk to God while he was singing. He, he was just... Oh, that's cool. Quite amazing, his gratefulness and just his whole yeah, concept. So it, it, musicians is so interesting, especially when someone's that famous. Uh -huh. How to be truly, um, you know, yourself, um, but always public. So it's so him like kneeling on stage, being doing the, one of the most intimate things that you can do, you know, prayer or thanking gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, but doing that on stage is kind of a, a real performance. Um, mindset mm -hmm. and genuine as you describe it you know it's just kind of an awesome how, how, it's like almost past the point of performance it's now inviting your audience into your intimate life it's just kind of awesome yeah and and I just have a lot of the same feelings about religion etc as he does because I mean he was born Jewish and he is Jewish and he knows how to knew how to speak Yiddish and he knew mm -hmm. all of that but he still was very much taken in by the saints. I mean, he sure. sang, uh, wrote a few songs about saints, and I'm, I was always really taken with Joan of Arc and sure. his song, Joan of Arc. I've actually performed it with a few people, and it, okay. it's come out really good. And um, well, That's the brilliance of art. You know, I feel uh -huh. like you can express what you believe in, what you desire, and it doesn't have to be obnoxious or offensive to those who don't agree <laughs> it right. just can be like sharing my life here you go mm -hmm. here's another thing that i that i believe in uh you know i like saint francis of assisi is one of those characters oh, who yeah. lives so genuinely and so honestly in his faith that no one could touch him you know it was and during his time challenged by popes and bishops and he challenged them back and really i believe saved the church from becoming fully a corrupt institution <laughs> and at the same time universally appreciated um you know outside of even catholicism mm -hmm. so. oh yeah if, any, if i was going to get any statue um of a saint it would be his for my garden yeah yeah sure. absolutely and so you and your uh your 
you know that that love of nature, that connection with Francis. Uh, I know that's that's big to you too. So even your last name, which was a name you took on, Birdsong. Right. Um, when did you take on that name as a as an artist name, as as your own identity? When did that happen? It happened when I was in Montclair. So that was after my second divorce. So we're in the like two thousand early two thousands, um, and I was trying to do. Uh, jewelry. I did a lot of um, jewelry. I didn't sell a lot. I didn't, because a lot, I, something about my technique wasn't right and things started unraveling a little bit. So I, mm. I have a ton of uh, gemstones and things like that that I have to get into somebody's hands who's going to do good things with. Um, yeah, I decided to call my company Birdsong Design. Okay. And, um, it designed this mandala kind of thing. It was, it was more like a triskily, more like a, um, an Irish kind of round thing with um, loopy loops, and there were yeah. like three birds, and um, yeah, because you know I had a, I was really kind of more into being a pagan then <laughs> than yeah. being anything, and um, and yeah, it was it was a design and. Um, but then I started writing the songs, and then uh, a friend said, you know, Birdsong's an awful good name for a singer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I took it on. I thought it was a little bit maybe self-indulgent, but it did anyway. <laughs> well, it's a, bird, bird song is a, yeah, I, everybody knows what it means. You know, there's something beautiful about Native American tradition of naming people or last names being based on characteristics. Mm -hmm. um, something to that oh yeah and uh, the thing about birdsong even before me taking it on is I realized how much I loved it uh, when I was living in that house in Hackensack at, at, um, there was a lot of um, trees back there and I would hear the birds singing the cacophony of the waking sure. morning and that made me happy to wake up sure, rather yeah. than a um, alarm clock or anything like that yeah. so uh, I just realized I loved the sounds, and it was something that was really dear to me. Sure. And, so, and so, so from hearing the sounds is when I started to watch and feed birds and learn the difference between the different kinds. And yeah. uh, you say, would you say you're a bird watcher? Oh yeah. Do <laughs> so you I like am. write down when you see certain rare birds? And I have a yeah. <laughs> nice. Absolutely, I have a lot. There's a whole world list. there that people are dedicated to. Uh huh. Yeah. It. It's uh -huh. really interesting. Yeah, I used to do a lot of photography for you, uh, but I basically right out of my backyard because I don't go anywhere, especially the last two yeah, years. Yeah, I don't know if it's picking up on the mic, but there's a woodpecker going right now. There's all different birds happening yeah. right now. <laughs> yes, they are. There it is. <laughs> it's great. Yep. So, that, so yeah, birdsong, less, uh, less kind of, uh, yeah, ego than, no, I appreciate this. This just seems like a... It seems like an appreciation, an homage to the birds. As yes. A, as a, I want to identify myself connected to you guys. It's kind of an awesome thing. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Free bird, man. Play free bird. No. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. Of course, of course. Uh, what? Did now? How did you make that your legal name, or is it just no, no, your no, artist no? Name? It's just my artist name. Um, yeah. But in, ter in terms of following you, we pick up lower birds and so on. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, there's an artist page, there's some music. You'll find me 
Google Laura Bird song if you want to know who I am. Yes. You'll find a few others, but you'll figure out the right one, yes, I think. Yes. <laughs> now, what um, what's on the horizon? What are you working on right now? The, the garden? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out the garden, and uh, and just making it beautiful here again, so we can host people for a big party. Yeah. I mean, it's already beautiful, but it's shabby and. But there's a lot of things to do. Sure. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's, it's rewarding now. You get to see what the fruition pretty quick. Uh-huh. What's the first thing you plant? Uh, it, with seeds, um, peas. And they're planted in those two boxes right there. Yeah. And uh, they should come up, start coming up. And there's a lot. Oh, and garlic is coming up from last um, yeah, I was gonna say, autumn. Yeah, comes up from last year. And a lot of other things do. But um, a lot of flowers. Yeah. A lot of perennials. But... Uh, yeah. How how uh, how many visitors do you have that, that indulge on your garden um, in terms of animals? <laughs> well, there's this um, groundhog about that's, my nemesis. Yeah, that's yeah. I say. Our, our groundhog experience was pretty rough when we had a garden. Uh huh. <laughs> I think that's part of why I my <laughs> it'll be a, a different time of my life when I start gardening again. <laughs> uh huh. And there's squirrels and. And raccoons and bears that help themselves to the bird food if I don't yeah. put it away. Sure. But um, but the bears can do some damage. Sure, sure. Well, that's where we live, and it's awesome where we live, being forty miles from New York City. I know. And we have this wilderness of life <laughs> that we can you can create a sanctuary. And I and like you said, in in Hackensack you could have a sanctuary, so it's not yeah, right, not too far. Right, it's all right, it's, it just takes right. your vision and your imagination to create sanctuaries. Right? Uh, yeah. When I was, we do live in a place where it's it's built-in sanctuary. Oh, uh, I, I had. <laughs> A friend in my neighborhood in Hackensack who had a little girl now. She's a lovely young lady now. But she um, would always come to my house and want to pick a flower or something. Yeah. And they told me when I moved out, the magic just left oh. the yard. It's gone. It was so weird. <laughs> Poor that. I mean, whatever. I had to sell the house. There was no other way. Sure, sure. Um, well, it sounds like you kept in touch. So. Still, still magic moments, you know. Occasionally, <laughs> you know, thank God. Thank goodness for social media. I yeah, mean, yeah. I have been in touch with people I would have lost years ago sure. because of Facebook and Instagram. That's great. Yeah, I mean, you know how much we desire to be in person, but for sure we've, we've survived with some social media life and even, you know, recording things like this, kind of perpetuating community and celebrating community and people doing their thing and, and you know, interviewing people around the country, which is kind of awesome. So it's, it's fun to... To, to, to again have someone local on the mix here and celebrating what you do as a creator and uh, all the different things that you're interested in. So at this point you're retired. I guess. More or less. More or less. <laughs> I don't have a paying job right now, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Sure. And the commission life is you know, here and there, right? Do you ever get commissions or you just sell your own Very occasionally. Very so occasionally. Uh-huh. So support your local artist, people. Yeah. <laughs> we yell free bird and support your local artist as our <laughs> monikers of this, of this podcast. <laughs> We're yelling it to the, the babbling brook in your yard and your cat who's sleeping next to us. <laughs> but I guess this recording will get out there a little further than this yard. I think so. I hope so. Yeah, I'll have so far, to, so good. I'll have to tell people about it online. Yeah. So um, uh, painting life, when do you think that will kind of revive? Is there usually a season where that starts again? 
oh, I'm sure I'm going to be out here on this porch doing some this summer or, yeah. you know. You do plain air a lot outside? A little, hopefully more this year. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll just take so many pictures out here that I'll be doing something sure. in the house in the middle of the winter that has uh, something that was out here in a beautiful day, sure. you know. And I, you, I remember you telling me you moved your studio from the upstairs little room to where? It's the kitchen table now. If you want to look in there, you, I don't think you want to right now. <laughs> so it's the kitchen table. So it's not far. It's like right, right next to where you're eating or cooking. Cooking. We eat in the living room. But, so it's, it's calling you. So it's not too far away. No. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, yeah, is, that, is that the reason why you put it in the kitchen? Yeah, because... I like sitting there, looking out that window. I get to see the nature, and yeah. it's, it's just a, a nice place to be. Nice. And I can also go and take something in and out of the oven, or yeah, you know, or multitask. Right, absolutely. <laughs> um, if you go upstairs and work in the studio, it's four hours later, and like, oh, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the the bread was supposed to come. Out. It, it rose too much. Yeah. The, the bread has risen too it's much. It's overproofed, as they say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> TV. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for doing this, you know, interview. And um, how do we follow you in the world of Laura Birdsong? Oh, just laurabirdsong.art. Right. Um, Laura Birdsong, I guess it's music, is the music page on, on Facebook. Okay. There's there's links to other things. I guess I have a Reverb Nation page. Um, okay. Haven't done much with it, but there's some stuff you can listen to. Nice. There's um, Instagram. I'm Catbird Song. Right. Catbird, Catbird Song. Song. From yeah. Catbird Lake. From Catbird Lake. Nice. And that's great. That's enough social media, I sure. think. Absolutely. And, and thank uh, you for hosting the recording of this podcast in your beautiful yard. Yeah. Oh, there's a bird. Yeah, there's I just a, heard there was a loud one just now. Yeah, it's that um, cardinal right there. I don't know if you can see it's red. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Right, right behind it. Uh-huh. That's great. Cool. Uh-huh. All right, thanks so much. Okay. Thanks for listening to Thank you for listening to that full episode. Definitely always good to know that you're listening to the end because you hear this. So I appreciate you sticking with us. Next week, uh, episode 23, a man named David Alaco, who is a brilliant uh, world history teacher. Um, and it's really just an episode celebrating how much teaching allows you to be your full self. And this guy is like a combination of uh, historian educator for sure but also a bit of an artist and a comedian on some level and also a video game creator it does kind of all these different things but also a master teacher so great to share that with you and um thank you all for uh, always keeping on the mix here so if you're digging the music as always check out jay agnes's music but also check out laura bird songs peace